0: means that Hari is situated as Paramatma, not as Atma, although Atma is part of Paramatma. Offering respect to every living entity means offering respect to the Paramatma, situated in every living entity. One should not misunderstand every living entity to be Paramatma. Sometimes unscrupulous persons designate a living entity as Daridra Narayana, Swami Narayana this Narayana or that Narayana. One should clearly understand that although although Narayana is situated in the core of the heart of every living entity, the living entity is, never becomes Narayana. Omajyananti mirandasya shalakaya chakshud militam yena tasmay sri gurave namaha Sri Chaitanya manovishtham ye Nambutale, yehnam bhutale svayam rupakadamayam dratti svaparantikam namas reshtam numapisaci putramatrasvarupam rupam tasyagrajam urupadim makturim goshta vritim radha kundagirivaram ho radhikam advasam prapto yasapatita kripaya sri guruam tam smi hari sarvesu manasa kamastai One should always remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His localised representation as a paramātma who is situated in the core of every living entity's heart. Thus one should offer respect to every living entity according to that living entity's position, Or manifestation. Srila Prabhupada adds this qualifier here to offering respects to all living entities according to position and manifestation. That's very important. Um, It's a very important um, distinction that Prabhupada is emphasizing in the translation and it's the, pur- it's the purport, Hari, Sarveshu, Bhuteshu, that we offer obeisances to all living entities because Narayan is in the heart of all living entities but not living ent- all living entities are not Narayan and that is a very um, fundamental philosophical point of departure from the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition or the Vaishnava tradition, not Gaudiya Vaishnava, the Vaishnava tradition and the Advaitants, or, 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 or many other philosophical schools um, that present themselves in the transcendental realm. So basically, we have um, Advaita and Dvaita. In our Vaishnava line, we have Ramanujacharya has his Vishishtadvaita, and Madhvacharya has Dvaita. Means they're, they're understanding or they're emphasizing Jewel. Madhvacharya has got two fingers up, right? Two! Paramatma and Atma. There's a Supreme Lord and there's a Jiva in the, in the heart of all living entities. There's two. And the Advaitin school says it's all one. The Paramatma and Jiva become one. They're, they're non-different. And that's what Prabhupada is, is emphasizing here in today's lesson, in today's purport. And it's the underlying message of the Bhagavad Gita, as it is the Shrimad Bhagavatam, and definitely the Chaitanya Charitamrita, that the living entity never becomes God. The living entity is always he's always a, a servant of God. And that is, the, that is the desire of the living entity, that is the goal of the, of the, of the in Latin, soul, is to become a servant, svabritti britya paricārati To become a servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord. Because in that consciousness we understand that we are subordinate to God. And we don't want to be subordinate because we are in this material world to become Ishvara. Ishvara ha I'm the God, I'm the controller, I'm the enjoyer of, the, of everything that I've surveyed. So that is um, a very important philosophical point that is reinforced um, through our philosophy and reinforced through the practical application of our philosophy. It's reinforced in how we, how we live, how we interact, how we, we, we communicate with each other. We communicate with each other as servants of Krishna. We communicate with each other, we interact with each other as servants of Krishna, co-servants of Krishna, colleagues. We're colleagues here in this, in this institution and we're learning to become subordinate to the Supreme Lord. And we do that through chanting the Holy Name of the Lord. We do that by hearing about the glories of the Lord. Because when we hear about how, how glorious Krishna is, the vibhuti yoga of Krishna, then we understand we can't compete. We tried to compete so many ways but we fell, we fell short in many, 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 many times of trying to become the supreme controller. We have some influence in the material world. Everybody has some control. But we don't have supreme control. And that supreme control is, is, is reserved for Krishna. He's the, he's, the, he's the paramparama paramdhama. He's the supreme Brahman, he's the supreme dham, he's the supreme consciousness that is Krishna. And we learn that, just in, in, in it's not just a philosophical, esoteric, um, ethereal concept, but it's something which is tangible, that Krishna is God, when we understand the greatness. Recently, we, th- last week, we went to visit my, my brother-in-law, and he's starting to do all this trekking. He goes on these long walks, solo walks, he doesn't like to communicate. Much. He doesn't get into you know, communication much with other people. So he goes on long walk, a 15-day hike, through the middle of Central, central Australia. And um, you know, it, you, it requires a lot of training and a lot of determination and a lot of willpower um, and to control the mind, to be walking for 30 kilometers a day, or something like that, 25 kilometers, like doing Govedan Parakram every day for 15 days, walking that far but through extreme heat and through, and through, through gorges and through, through forests and through jungles and, and through, through, through desert and all different types of terrain, water, up to, up to here sometimes in water and they have these floating bags, that they, waterproof bags that they put all their things in and they swim across the river. So he does all this very adventurous stuff and he was showing us his, his role models, his heroes So he was. He has them all saved in his YouTube channel, and there are all these guys that do these amazing tricks, and girls that do these amazing tricks around Australia mostly, and uh, you know Tasmania and all these far out places. And they 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 do. They put it up on Insta, and they they have big followers and stuff on social media. And you can see that they're really experiencing nature, that they're out there with nature and they're, they're, they're not competing, they're, they're, they're out there and appreciating um, Krishna's creation. They don't understand it's Krishna's creation, but it's a form of, of, you can say, Brahman realization, it's a form of realizing the opulence of God. It's, it's a first stage, an early stage, uh, and it's a stage that we can use to introduce people to Krishna consciousness through nature, through, through, the, through the, the beauty and the splendor of Krishna's creation and to appreciate that we start to make some kind of a, a step toward Krishna. So this this material world, like going on from that Brahman realisation in the third canto of, of the Bhagavatam there is a chapter called, I think it's the Fundamental Principles of the of material universe or something and, and it's the description of Virat Rupa chapter 26 I think in the third canto, and there it says it describes all the different aspects of the nature of the the material energy, um, of the air, of of the sky, and of the sea, and, and all the different senses and everything that we see and perceive in the material world and then there's a description of the demigods of all those different aspects of creation, so Agni, who enters into into the mouth i think of the virat purusha and still the virat purusha he doesn't move he doesn't he, he, he's not disturbed he doesn't get up um, he doesn't uttishta he's not moving he doesn't stand up he doesn't awake he's lying down in, in the water he won't get up and then indra enters into um, the uh, the ears, I think Indra enters into the ears and still the, the Virata Rupa, he doesn't ent- wake up and Lord Brahmara, and finally Lord Brahmara enters into into the heart of the Virata Purusha with intelligence, with his intelligence he enters into the heart still doesn't move and then um, Lord Shiva enters into the heart with his e- with fault with the ego he enters into the heart and still nothing doing no utishtata, he doesn't stand up, doesn't awake but when consciousness, when the supreme consciousness or Paramatma enters into the Viratrupa, utistha salilat utistata, he wakes up. He stands up from the water, and he awakens. It's a very long description, and it's a very, um, it's a very beautiful description of the Viratrupa awakening because of that consciousness, super soul, and it's a super soul in the heart of the living entities. That awakens us, the super soul in the heart of the living entities. That reminds us, that prods us, that directs us, that guides us. In, in the 18th chapter of the Gita, uh, we've been studying the final chapter, the final shlokas of the 18th chapter from about from, from, from 1861, I think. Ishvara sababhutana, Rideshu jnatistiti. Krishna is in the heart of the living entities. Rideshe, he's situated in the heart. He stays in the heart of living entities and he's directing the wanderings. Brahmayam Savabhutanam. All living entities are wandering over the universes. Krishna is directing them. And we see that, we perceive that in many, many ways. We have a word in the English language called um, serendipity. You know that word? Serendipity? You've heard that? It means by a Some kind of good, something happens by chance but it's a good thing that happens, not like a bad thing that happens but something favourable happens by chance, serendipitous. So that is Krishna working in the heart and we see some person that we haven't seen for 25 years and he helps us to to solve a big problem or or to achieve a goal in our life and and we didn't plan to meet them and we, we just see them out of the blue and we say well that was, what a coincidence. But that coincidence is Paramatma. That coincidence is the, is the super-soul bringing together different living entities at different times. So Yantarudrani Maya, because we're, 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 just sit, we're like wandering around on, in this material machine and Krishna is a part of this. Krishna's, Krishna doesn't leave us. That's why he's considered to be our best friend. He never leaves the living entity. In, in the in the fifth chapter, he says that this is the peace formula. If you understand and realize that Krishna is your best friend, Surridam Savabhutanam. He's a surit In the heart, he's so dear in the heart. That is a it's a very intimate term for friendship in Sanskrit. Surit. Very dear to the heart, close to the heart. Krishna's close to the heart as Paramatma. So that's the then the next verse the following verse from that ishvara savabhutanam rideshu is a verse that's not often quoted but it's a very important verse and it's a it's a verse where Krishna starts to shift the um, shift he starts to shift from the aham savasya prabhavah and the, the personal pronoun to tam him and that him tam eva refers to Paramatma. He says, that all living entities should surrender unto Him, unto Paramatma, in the heart. And when we surrender to the Paramatma in the heart, it says you'll get prasadam. The prasad that you get, the mercy that you get from surrendering to the Supersoul in the heart, and Krishna says that super soul is. Uh, says that super soul is Krishna. Savasya hridishani That is Krishna. By surrendering to Krishna in the heart, then you get peace, supreme peace, param shantim. And from the and and another thing that you get is sthanam prapsasi shashvatam. You get the eternal supreme abode of this, of, of Krishna. By surrendering unto the, to the Lord. And yesterday we had the question what does it mean to surrender in a moment, in one second? Prabhupada says, and, then, and um, you don't have to take lifetimes to surrender. So, another aspect of that surrendering, sharanam gacha, is that it's a continual process. That's, it's not something that we do once and we say, I surrendered and then everything else, I can do it, I can do anything else, I can do whatever I like but I surrendered one day. A few weeks ago, a few years ago I surrendered. But the surrender is something that is, is, is apparent according to our activities, what we do and according to our, our decisions, according to our, our thought processes. That reflects our level of surrender. That's a definition of, of, um, of love. Das Goswami says that that one's internal manifest, one's internal meditation is apparent according to our external activities. What we do in this material world is is a reflection of what we're contemplating, of what we're thinking, we're meditating upon. So we have to train the mind, train the intelligence, train the senses in such a way that we're always fixed on on the goal of life, continually surrendering. Am I surrendering now? Have, have, is this another opportunity to appreciate Krishna's hand? Can I see Krishna's hand in this particular situation, in this difficulty or in this, good, in this, in this fortunate opportunity? Oftentimes when things are going good we forget about Krishna completely and then only when the, the plane starts falling out of the sky we start praying to God, praying to Krishna. But when things are good, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm all good, all good. So, um, the Bhagavad Gita is, is, is teaching us this um, throughout the Gita. Like the, in the second chapter, we're hearing very much a description of the soul, atma. We hear the description of the soul and an al- analysis of the soul, detailed analysis of the soul, the qualities of the soul, and the, the function of the soul, the activities of the soul. How the how the soul is situated in the in the body, and then throughout we hear how the soul has a relationship with Krishna, and we develop that relationship with Krishna through our practice, through kirtan, through japa, through deity worship, through association with the devotees, through panchanga bhakti, and that is very much um, part of. The, it's very much a result of our understanding of Bhagavad Gita. What we're doing is because. We have philosophical knowledge, we have conviction. We know what we're doing because there's some, there's some system behind it. As Keshavu was saying yesterday, these verses, many of these verses here in this section, they're directly, Rupa Goswami has taken these points and has presented them in the nectar devotion. This is very much the, the, um, the inspiration for the nectar devotion this section and you can see some of the Sanskrit is very much the same as, as nectar devotion. You hear it, Guru Parashraya you'll hear these, these term, this terminology is very similar because Goswami is taking it from scripture. He's not, in, he's not manufacturing some ideas about bhakti, he's taking bhakti from the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam and from many other Vedic literatures but primarily from Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam. In the, um, Chaitanya Charatamrita, there's a story of, of a, a Brahmana and he worships a Shalagram shila and a deity of Balgopal and he carries them around his neck. Wherever he goes, he has a Shalagraam-Shila and Balgopal deity. He carries that, that deity with him and he sometimes lives in the forest and he eats fruits and, and roots and whatever he's, what's available and sometimes he eats in a, in a Brahmana's house. He's a Brahmana so he will only eat in a a caste Brahmana's house. And one day he arrived at the house of Jagannath Mishra and Jagannath Mishra could see that he was a very effulgent personality. This is a Vaishnava sadhu. He's not an Advaitin traveling around Ekadanda, he's a very advanced devotee. He's carrying around the Supreme Lord around his neck and so Jagannath Mishra was very honored and very pleased to welcoming him to his house and offered him a seat, a nice seat and, and water and pleasant words and worship and then he, he begged him to cook in his house. This is a tradition, it's a funny, it's a different concept in this contemporary modern world that someone comes to your house and you say, would you like to go to the kitchen and cook? But it's not, we like cook for our guests. But in this, in this particular culture, and that culture is still there you can see um, in South India, when they do the big Saptahas, Bhagavat Saptaha in, in South India, these, these Brahmin priests from Kerala, they will, they'll come as a whole group, right? And they have the fast reciters, because they've got to get through 18,000 verses in seven days. And that's no joke. So you have to have some people that can really speed it up. So you have the Pandit who will speak and give the punch. He'll give the, you really analyze the text and go through, through a, set, a particular pastime look vivaha or something, and then they'll have the reciters come in for three hours in the morning. They're got a shift and they come in and they whoosh, they power through three cantos, bang, done. And they can go. So that what they do, this team, the Brahmanas, they come to, to the Pandal and many thousands of people are coming to here. They and they're accommodated in a house, the Brahmanas house, and they cook for themselves. They won't they won't take from the the people's house that they stay with. They bring their own stuff and they cook, or the, the local people bring their, their uh, provide all the utensils and everything because they're Brahmanas, But they cook for themselves. So that tradition is still there, in, definitely in South India. You see, most traditions are still aspects of the tradition is still Vedic culture is there in South India. In North India, it's something else, <laughs> but it's. UP is in North India, so it's um, in UP we have the most holy places, I think. But in South India it, you get a lot of amazing culture and even now Westerners are travelling to to South India because they, they, there's all these intrepid travel tours to South India, to Madurai and Kerala and, and Tamil Nadu and they're, they're taking thousands of people there, making good money out of South India, going to see the ancient culture of South India. Which is beneficial for so many people. Anyway, so these Brahmanas are cook for themselves. So this Brahmana comes with his deity, Bal Gopal and Shalagam Shilda, and Jagannath Mishra cleans his kitchen. He begs him, please cook in our house. That will make our, that will make us very happy. If you cook in our house and you take prasadam, because he's been travelling, he's hungry, then we'll be happy. We'll make we'll make all the arrangements. So we have all the cut up done and we'll have everything done. Everything will be cleaned. You don't clean it, you just cook and offer. That's your job. Cook and offer, and then we'll be happy. We'll do everything else. So he cooked, and we know that, that when he cooks, the, he's, he's ready to offer and he starts ringing the bell, and Lord Chaitanya appears as a baby. He's got no clothes on, so he's not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's a small baby, Nimai, and it says his body is covered with the dust of the dam, and he's clothed with. He doesn't have any clothes. He's just, his clothes are the dust of the dam and he just arrives there and the brahmana is just about to finish his, he chants a particular uh, six syllable, six syllable Gopal Mantra and he's just about to finish his Gopal Mantra and Nimai comes and takes the rice from his plate and then he starts to scream, what is happening? This boy has disturbed the whole offering and Jagannath Mishra comes and he starts to chase Nimai, baby Nimai and the brahmana stops him and he says, he's such a small boy, if you beat him, I'll curse you. you. How will he know the difference between right and wrong? He's too little. He's like a small boy. He doesn't know what is offered and what is not offered, what is and what is... he doesn't understand that. So don't beat him. How could, he won't learn anything from the beating, so don't beat him. He told him twice this same message. Don't beat him, because he won't learn. Why, why, you, why you punish somebody if they're not learning something? Punishment is to, to teach somebody something, to, to change their behaviour. But he won't change. If you beat him, you'll still do the same. So Jagannath Mishra put his hand in his head, his, his, his head in his hands, and he was so upset that his son destroyed his caste, destroyed his family reputation, and everything, that he didn't teach his son properly. Why would he, his own boy messed up this brahmana's offering? So he begged him to eat again, and he said, "No." He says, "Whatever is ordained by God, Krishna has has said, today is not my destiny to eat. I won't eat today. Just bring whatever fruits and and roots you have in the house, whatever is available. I'll eat that, and tomorrow we can eat." And no, he begged him, insisted. So he said, "All right." So then they took Nimi away, and they said, "We have to." Make sure that Nimai doesn't come anywhere near this brahmana, nowhere near the kitchen. And because as soon as he hears the bell, he's going to be there. When he hears the bell, that's, the, that's his trigger. He'll be in the offering. So take him away and guard him. So they took, the ladies took him away and they were guarding him. And then there was different layers. Jagannath Mishra was the first level. And then there was all the ladies behind. They were holding Nimai, holding him down. And then, still, when he did the second offering, Nimai appeared. And again, hand in the bowl, took the rice. So, again, the Brahmanas screaming, What happened? What happened? You know, my offering is destroyed. That's it. I'm not taking prasadam. And at that same time, Vishvarupa appeared. Vishvarupa is the older brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he said he's a manifestation, he's not different to Lord Nityananda. And he appeared and he's got, he has got. said he's a personification, all of his limbs, and he's a personification of beauty, perfection of beauty, Vishwarupa. And when he appeared, the Brahmana was, was stunned by the form of Vishwarupa. And he's asked, whose son is this boy? Where did, who, where did he come from all of a sudden? Because he'd been in the house for quite some time and he never saw Vishvarupa. But Vishvarupa had come back from his studies and Vishvarupa, understood what was happening, that Nimai disturbed the offering twice. So Vishwarup said to the Brahmana, they had some exchange, the Brahmana hugged him and they had some exchange and Vishwarup said please, you cook, cook again in our house. Because Jagannath Mishra had said you cook again and he said no way, nothing doing. Twice, I didn't, it didn't happen for twice, I can't cook third time, it would be ridiculous. He said it's nearly the end of the day, it's like getting towards Mongolati time who cooks at 3 o'clock in the morning nobody cooks at 3 o'clock in the morning says and so he convinced jagannath mishra and jagannath mishra was so upset then vishwarup by his shakti by his beauty by his his um his sweet words he convinced him to cook again so he cooked for the third time at the end of the night but this time they took nimai out of the of the compound and they put him in a different house and not only in a different house, in a different room and in that room, you know in India there's always a bolt on the outside door? Not just inside, they had the bolt outside as well. So they put the bolt outside, they locked him in the room. He can't get out, he's locked from outside, he's inside the room and he's locked. So all good. So the brahmana prepared prepared the kitchen, he cooked again and all of a sudden this, um, by the mercy of this Devi, everybody fell asleep. Just like in Krishna's pastime when, when, when Vasudeva was to take Krishna across the, the Yamuna, everybody fell asleep. So everybody in the whole place fell asleep except for the Brahmana. wouldn't work if the Brahmana fell asleep. But everybody else fell asleep in the compound, in the house. And mystically Lord Chaitanya Nimai was able to get through the lock. He was able to appear in front of the Brahmana and he appeared in front of the Brahmana, and the Brahmana saw him coming this time, and he said, Oh no, you know what? <laughs> he's coming for the third time, what, this guy, nothing can stop him, you know? He's, so he's, Nimai said to him, What is the problem? Every time you're ringing the bell and you chant my mantra, I'm coming. And there's no problem, there's no fault. If I come and take the offering, there's no fault. You're saying, Come and take the offering. And so I come, take the offering. And, and he says, many times I've been, your, many times we've been in this situation, and you came to the house of Nanda Maharaj, and the same thing you cooked for me in the house of Nanda Baba, before in Krishna Lila, so you don't recognize me now, but we eternally have this rasa of of cooking and eating um, together, and then Nimai manifests eight arms. He manifests this special form of eight arms holding a conch, club, lotus, and disc, and he had butter in one hand and he was eating from the other hand the butter, and in another two hands he's playing a flute. eating butter and playing a flute, and he's got his club, conch, lotus, and disc in his eight arms. And he the Brahmana then he collapsed. The Brahmana fell on the ground. If you saw a Lord in eight arm form, you'll collapse. So he collapsed on the ground. And then Nimaya woke him up, he brought him back to consciousness and he told him he told him the whole reason why he appeared there because he's the super soul. Nima is antarami shakti, He's he's referred to this in many times in the Chaitanya Bhagavata, in the Chaitanya Charatamita, the Lord Chaitanya is, is always referred to as the Antarami Shakti. He's the he's the super soul in the heart of all living entities. And because he said, because I'm, this, I'm in the heart of, of all living entities, I'm in your heart, I'm in the heart of the Brahmana, I know your desire, I know that you want me to come, I know you want me to come and eat. So therefore, I appear before you as a super soul, a, a, a manifestation of the super soul, Paramatma, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nimai, baby Nimai. So he told him not to tell anybody that he would be ruined if he told anybody about this revelation, about this manifestation of the Eight-Armed Form. He must have told someone because it's in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, but he didn't tell anyone while Lord Chaitanya was there or, or Nimai was there. So that pastime is not only to get the attention of the children in the in the, in the Bhagavatam class, and the adults like to hear about Nimai of course, but. It's it's a it's a, a nice meditation on the Krishna's Paramatma. He's in the heart of the living entities and he understands our mind. He understands our mood. And Krishna that is very much Krishna Krishna he wants us to come back to him. In the purports to those verses, Ishvara Sava Bhutanam and Savasya Chahamriti you'll see that Prabhupada is saying that Krishna is in the heart of the living entity and he wants the living entity to come home, back home. He's calling the living entity to come back home, but we're refusing, we're ignoring, we're stubbornly staying here to say, no, I can become Ishvara, I can become like you. And Krishna keeps, we keep turning away, the two birds in the tree, we keep turning away, dvikagaha. In the tenth tenth canto of the Bhagavatam, in the second chapter, the prayers of the demigods, there's a description of the body of the tree and like an, uh, the body as as figuratively referred to as a tree and it is, there's 10 we learned this verse because there's the the, the the 10 parts of the tree ekaha is the is the tree itself ekaya no so tri, trimula so that, that this tree stands up on itself by itself that's the body and the body has two Um, experiences. One is happiness and one is distress Dvipala, the two fruits of this body, is happiness and distress everybody gets that. And then there's three roots Trimula, what are the three roots? What do you think the three roots might be? Yes? Trimala, good boy! They are Trimula, Trimula is the, the three roots and they are the three modes of nature. The three modes of mature nature are nourishing the tree. They're, they're giving nourishment to the tree. And the tree has Chaturasaha, four rasas. That's the, that's the, the rasa of, of economic development, of sense gratification, of religiosity, and enjoyment. Four rasas that we experience. And there's um, Panchavida. From the Panchavida, there's, there's the five um, senses. Their eyes and nose, tongues, the five senses that enjoy in this, in this tree. And then there is six different types of circumstances lamentation and hankering and old age and death and those six circumstances and then there's seven seven barks on the tree, saptatvak um, the seven layers of the barks on the tree and those seven layers are Oh, they're, they're like the skin, the bone marrow, the, the mucus, the pus, the semen, the bile. They're, they're 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 the they're the different layers of the of the tree, the bark of the tree. And then there is um, eight ashta Eight. Um, what are the eight ones? There's nine holes. Navaksha. Nine holes. Ashta oh this here and um, and dasha das- das- chadi there's ten leaves the ten leaves are the ten airs in the body and then it says the last line is, which is the punch line is eight material elements, eight yes, pancha buddha there's earth, water, fire, air, ether, and mind, intelligence and ego thank you, Goppa we don't need Bhagavatam with Goppa here <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then at the end it says right. So we've got the tree, and we've analysed the whole material, the whole universe, cre- universal creation is there, in the in the, the three modes of nature, the the um, different circumstances, the panchabuddha, the mind, intelligence, ego. All of this Sankhya is there, and the tree in the body, everything is there. But two important things at the end: dvikhagaha. When at one time I, re- I recited this, I, I re- referenced this verse in, in um, I think it was here, in the, in the, in the uh, auditorium and somebody at the end said, Prabhu, this is the wrong grammar. Dvi Thri- Kāgaha can't be correct. Some Sanskrit scholar was there. She thought she was a Sanskrit scholar, but actually it's a correct grammar. It's in Bhagavatam. And there's a reason for that, why it's there. It's, a, it's a, a, um, an exception to a rule in Pāṇini grammar. So, Dvi Kāgaha is there. And who are the dwi Atma and Paramatma. The Atma is in the in the in the in the heart, and Paramatma is in the heart of this um, adi So, um, this this um, reference, you can say this metaphor, figurative tree of this of, of this of the body, is a very nice description to help us to understand that in in this complex nature of the material universe of our bodies, there's two living entities, Dvi Kāgaha. Kāgaha means a bird, right? It means a, ka, ka means the sky and ga means to go. So what goes in the sky? An aeroplane, right? a bird. A bird goes in the sky, so it's Kāgaha. So Dvi Kāgaha, the two birds. You can think of that today, you think of the two birds, Dvi Kāgaha, two birds. Who are the two birds? Atma and Paramatma, Atma and Paramatma, the two birds. So we'll finish up with a, a meditation. I've finished many, many classes with this same meditation, but it, it's it's um, it's very much related to this verse today. And um, it's when money grieve and Alucuvera, they're liberated, and when they're liberated by Baby Krishna, Damodar, he's still got the wooden grinding mortar tied to his around his belly and then they offer this string of beautiful prayers in the um, 10th canto of Bhagavatam, I think chapter 10 of the 10th canto of Bhagavatam and in, that, in, that, in those verses they refer to Krishna as Paramatma, they refer to Krishna as the Atma Pradipa, he's giving light in the soul and everything like this and then they say that finally their final conclusion is and they're all, they're all short verses, understood verses, but at the end they say they want to cover all, all. They want to cover all aspects of their. Um, they want to make sure that they don't fall back into the body of trees, twin Arjuna trees again. They want to maintain their the sanctity of the human form of life, which means that they'll be they'll maintain their bhakti. And so the first thing that they said is Vane Gunan Katanee Shavno Katayam. That let my vani be. Glorification of Krishna. Let this let me speak about Krishna. Let me hear Shavano. Let me hear the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because if I speak and if I hear about Krishna, we'll be properly situated. We'll be in a good place. And then Hasto Hasto Karo. Let my hands and my limbs let that serve Krishna, God. Manasa padayo, Let my mind be at the two lotus feet of Krishna. Let's let my mind be focused on Krishna. And then the line for today is smrityam Shidas Taval nivasa jagat praname He says, let my head offer obeisances to all living entities in the universe, everywhere. Shidas, let my head go down to the jagat praname, offer obeisances to everyone in the universe. Why? everywhere in the universe. Why to everything in the universe? Because Krishna is in everything in the universe. He's in in between every atom of the universe, He's in the heart of every living entity in the universe. All the eight million and four thousand species of life are Krishna, have Krishna within them. And so we offer respects to them according to their position and manifestation. That's Srila Prabhupada's qualifying statement here. We offer obeisances that they're not all Narayana, they're not all the Supreme, They are not all equal, so we offer according to their position and their manifestation but we offer, we offer respect. And that is um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching in Shikshastakam to offer respect to all living entities. Not to expect respect but to offer respect to all living entities. And that is the the secret of of being able to sadahari to always be able to chant the holy name of the Lord is to maintain that mentality of respect to all living entities, to see every living entity as somehow or another connected with Krishna, part and parcel of Krishna. And that's why we offer obeisances to everybody in the universe. And then the final thing is, let me see the Vaishnavas. Let me see the devotees of the Lord, because when we see the devotees of the Lord, we automatically remember Krishna. We cannot but remember Krishna by seeing the devotees of the Lord. So, the, it's a very big topic, Paramatma and Atma, and um, there's many things we haven't covered, of course. One very beautiful verse in the 13th chapter, the, many verses, the 13th chapter is about Paramatma, Paramatmeti, um, Iti Yuktaha. The, in, the, in the 13th chapter it says that the, the Paramatma is the Upadrasta Anumanta. The Paramatma is the overseer and the permitter. In, who's in the heart of the living entity? Um, and he's the Kshetragya. We, we are, we are we're in a field in this body, it's the field, the Kshetra, and the one who's a Kshetragya is Atma. We, the Atma is Kshetragya. But there's also another Kshetragya, Kshetragya Chappi. Um, that is, uh, Krishna says, I am also a Kshetragya, but he's the Kshetragya of Sava Kshetreshu. He knows all the Kshetras. We know one Kshetra. Krishna's all the chapters. So, thirteenth chapter, we can get a lot of um, detailed information about Paramatma and nature and consciousness and the Atma. We'll finish here and ask if there are any questions or comments or reflections on the class today. Yes.
1: Hare uh, hey Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the nice class. Prabhuji, you mentioned how Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that he's seated in everyone's heart. Um, so, Prabhuji, we've also heard in lectures, we always hear that Krishna, we need to clean our heart with devotional service and chanting, then only Krishna can come and sit in our heart because he doesn't come and sit in a contaminated heart. So when Krishna is already seated in our heart, then why do we clean? What is the change in devotees?
0: Nice question. Wow. Krishna is in the heart. and If Krishna is in the heart, the heart should be cleaned, right? And we, we prepare the heart for Krishna to come and sit in the heart. That's why we do our bhakti, we're preparing the heart for Krishna to sit. But he's already there in the heart. But we he understands our our level of of consciousness. He understands our level of awareness of his presence. And the more we the more we clean the heart, Krishna's watching us clean the heart, the more we clean it, the more he becomes manifest, the more he becomes realised the more he, he becomes a reality, because he sees that we're doing the hard work. And it's not that he doesn't go, he never, he never leaves the living entity alone, he's always with the living entity, but he, he, as he sees us doing the hard work or, or the, the, the work of bhakti on the heart, bhakti is the affair of the heart, when he sees us working on the heart um, he becomes more and more inclined to, to, more and more prominent in our lives so he, he becomes more and more manifest. He will appear there. He's always there but he, he becomes more, more obviously aware. We become more obviously aware of his presence in the heart. Uh, it's like sometimes when you clean the room, when you clean your desk there's you're, you know, you, you always have your, your keyboard on the desk, but you don't always see it because there's so much clutter there, so, much, so many things over the keyboard. It's always there, but it, when you clean up everything, you see there's the keyboard, it's always there. So, Krishna's in the heart, when we clean up, we can really see Him, and um, that's he, then He really manifests. Is that okay?
2: Thank you, Pravati.
0: Something else? Yes? I just want to say on that point, maybe
2: Krishna reciprocates more with us. Maybe Krishna reciprocates more with us when yeah. we clean our hearts. Yeah. We're, we're not so aware of him, so then he doesn't reciprocate as much. But yeah. as we clean the heart, he manifests himself to us. We become more aware, but he also becomes more loving towards us:
0: mm-hmm. so. Yeah I think that's a, a nice addition. that it's reciprocal. According to our, our level of, of surrender, our level of, of Krishna consciousness, Krishna will manifest proportionately and uh, become a reality, inspiration. Go. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Thank you. Here
1: it is mentioned to uh, offer respect to every living entity according to that
0: living entity's position or manifestation. So, what is the practical take on it? How to apply that? Um, the practical take on the, according to one's position or manifestation is that um, we in the Chaitanya Charitamrita we hear that there is. We, there are different levels of devotees kanishtama and and Uttama devotees and there are different levels of, of non devotees um, there there is people that that we should avoid um, in in bringing in, in in preaching Krishna consciousness to because they' are inimical and there are people that that are just innocent and we can approach them and, and go out for them and there and there are people who are who are like peers who we can really interact with uh, and we interact with in a more kind of congenial and a, and a more friendly kind of a way. And then there are always people who are superior to us. And so in Krishna consciousness the, the whole essence of Vaishnava etiquette is to be conscious of, of who we are and who, who our, where we are in our surroundings and who the other people are. That we're interacting with on a daily basis, and on a daily basis, we if we practice this to to if we practice to interact with with the people that we are surrounded with in, in an appropriate way, um, and we become more more tuned in to to how we're interacting and how we're perceived in our interactions, then we we become more. Krishna consciousness. Krishna, Krishna consciousness is is being aware of who we are and who other people are and what, how we're interacting in this material world so the practical application is to to understand um, properly who who we are and to not artificially project um, um, an image of who we think we are to, to the to the community or to our friends or to our family members. But to be honest and introspective about our level of of Krishna consciousness, and from that position, um, understanding how we should interact, we should approach senior devotees. We should take shelter of of those who have got more experience, those who have got more understanding, those who have got more knowledge, and for those for them we should be um, offer respects um, and and serve them. And for those who are who are similar to us in in age and and in in knowledge and and in experience then we we, we, we develop friendship close friendship with them, but the respect friendship with respect um, and it 's not something which is like a mundane friendship that we 're just expecting something some negotiation, but it 's a friendship with respect and and a, and a friendship that 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 develops over Time through service to the spiritual master, through service to the devotees, that friendship will, will increase and develop. And to those who are, who are beginning Krishna consciousness, so who are just taking up the, the process of bhakti, then we open up our, our hearts to them in, in a different way. We, we give them an opportunity to, to take um, shelter, we give them an opportunity to hear, Give them an opportunity to serve, um, and treat them with kind of compassion that that's required to develop a relationship, and treat them with with dignity. Not that they're they're younger and they're inexperienced and they're not they don't know much, so that we can just um, push them around and do whatever we like with them, or order them around, or something, boss them. But we 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 cultivate them. So, um, and for those who are really inimical, we, we, we really steer away because it's, it's an offence to, to preach Krishna consciousness to somebody who is not ready for Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the offence is that, that it can disturb us. If, if we try too hard, over endeavour to bring Krishna consciousness to somebody who is very, very inimical, then it won't help our bhakti. So we should steer clear of them and, you know, we can just respect from distance. I think that's some practical... Do, do did you want to add anything? Nothing. Thank you. Thank you for the question. It's interesting that Prabhupada put that in there at the end of that. Mm. that. Jade. Thank you for the nice class. Um, we often hear Prabhupada and the Pope would say that, um, uh, not to be confused, that Uh, since Krishna is in the heart doesn't mean that we become Krishna. Mm -hmm. So I just want to understand where does this actual nature or idea come from that, you know, we actually end up becoming Narayan or Krishna. Where does this philosophy come from? Does it just come from envy Mm -hmm. or our desire to be the controller? Mm -hmm. And how much of of an influence does the super soul within those people kind of influence them to have this kind of desire? Mm -hmm. Because you said that the Supersoul gives us direction in our life. Mm-hmm. So how much does the Supersoul have effect in that aspect? Well, th- thank you for the question, Jade. I think um, the Supersoul does three things in the Bhagavad Gita. It says the Supersoul gives knowledge, it gives remembrance and forgetfulness. Um, so th- those three considerations are there in, in the aspect, in, in understanding the, the um, sanctioning of the Supersoul. On, on the living entity. So the living entity who wants to become God, Krishna is giving forgetfulness to them. It's forgetfulness that the super-souls are allowing them to, to wallow in their misconception or their misidentification of their material body, their des- false designation. And and so, the, you know, we desire this and Krishna is saying, well, it's your desire, you do it. In the next verse from that tameva sharanam Krishna says, you contemplate, think about this, I've given you all this knowledge about the soul and the paramatma super Soul. I've given you this guyad guyad Ramaya the most confidential knowledge I've given to you, to surrender to God. Then vimri-shay-tad, Asheshina, contemplate, think about it carefully, think about it carefully and then yata Ichchasi chasi do whatever you do. Do what you want to do. So you have that independence. The, the jiva always has the independence to go this way or that way. That's why we're called Tatastashakti. Shakti. We can go material. We can go spiritual. So you do it whatever you, what you think is best for you. You do that. I've told you what's best. Then what is your inclination? So we always have that independent nature. That that in, that independent quality. And part of that, as you said, that identification with Narayan, is envy. We're envious of Krishna. We're envious of God. We we want that position. We want the supreme position. Um, so, the the root cause of it, Prabhupada often said, is envy. Envy of the supreme Lord. And um, oftentimes, when we're criticizing others, for example, means that 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 envy is is still percolating. It's manifesting itself. We're criticizing because um, we we somehow or other are Considering ourselves better, we think that we're in a better position, and, and we, we envy that position that that person's in. And so, we think that if we put them down, we'll be in a higher position. And that's what we did to Krishna. So, we, we tried to minimize Krishna's position by maximizing my position as a controller, as God. So, I hope that's helpful. Anything else? Yes, Jayasachi Prabhu. It's supposed to be Jayasachi giving class today, so you can give a class. Hare Krishna Prabhu.
2: Anybody has been in, been in the movement, read Bhagavad Gita, has, underst- has read this that there is a super soul and the soul in the body. Mm. We all know that, mm. and one of the reasons we don't pay respect to others is because we don't have this realization there is a super soul in the body. Mm. We mostly see uh, the other person as an atma or another individual.
0: Mm.
2: How do you come to that realization that there is a super soul? What kind of things we have to do? What kind of meditation we have to do so that we can see Krishna everywhere in everybody so that we can pay that respect? Mm.
0: Supersoul realization—that was the name of a book. Supersoul realization. Um, to, one way to to realize the supersoul in the heart of all living entities is very much like I, I mentioned about my brother-in-law, how he perceives he's starting to he's starting his journey toward God through nature, and many people do through through their their wonderment of of, of Krishna's energy through the mountains and through the rivers and through through the sunset and, and all these beauty, beautiful aspects of Krishna's nature. So Krishna says in the Gita, Prabhupada says, how can you not see Krishna? Someone's asked, Prabhupada, how to see Krishna? How can you not see Krishna? Krishna is, Krishna is, um, he's in everything, rasohamapsukhantaya. Krishna is in the water. Krishna is sashisūrayoha, the, he's the sun and the moon. He's, he's the Himalaya mountain, things that can't move, it's Krishna. We think of the, what is the biggest aquatic animal? Something that's really big in, in the ocean. A whale. <laughs> Krishna's the whale. He, of, 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 he, so he's whatever's big and whatever's great and whatever's you know who whoever wins anything any tournament or who's ever famous, it's an aspect of Krishna. Fa, someone who's got that a great ability, you can see Krishna. Sometimes you see them. You see, um, you know Usain Bolt, and he wins the 100 meters dash, and he walks around to the crowd, going like this: All "Look right. at me! I'm the greatest." Or oh, Muhammad Ali. He was the best, best fighter, and he was like, "Nobody can touch me." But um, mature energy can sort them out. So. Unfortunately, I see that when I see these sportsmen and they get up there and, the, and they just do so, these soccer players and they, they, they go around to the crowd and, and they take off their, their top and they show their muscles <laughs> how good I am. It's, it's like Krishna gave, the, gave them the strength to do that, They gave them the skill to do that. So we, we can see Krishna in all those things. When, they, when you see something very really outstanding, that's Krishna. Only Krishna's got that capacity. The intelligence of Einstein is Krishna, Prabhupada said. Where did Einstein get his intelligence from? Krishna. So everything that's really outstanding is, is an aspect of Krishna. And when we train the mind to see Krishna in the earth, in the water, the fire, the ether, the mind, intelligence, then you, you can't not see Krishna. It's a matter of just training the mind. That's why the 7th chapter is there and the 10th chapter is there to teach us how to see Krishna in his different aspects. And then when we train the mind like that we can't avoid Krishna. And the last thing I would say there is that um, Prabhupada once said in terms of you know becoming one with God, becoming Narayan, he once said, why become one with God? We can become better than God. We become greater than God. We control God. The devotee one of the one of the qualities of pure bhakti, of pure devotional service, is that the devotee has a capacity to control Krishna. Mother Yashoda is glorified in the in the in the Bhagavatam, because she's she's got a position higher than Lord Brahma, higher than Lord Shiva, higher than Lakshmi Devi, because she controls Krishna. She controls Krishna with her with her love. She binds Krishna with her affection, with her love for the Supreme Lord. She doesn't become Krishna, she becomes stronger than, she becomes better than Krishna, faster than Krishna, smarter than Krishna. So Prabhupada said that in a joking way. Why become? Why we, why we become? What's so good about becoming God? We become better than God. We become better, we can control God. And yes Prabhupada.
1: Hare Krishna Prabhupada, thank you. I really took a lot from this class. Thank you. And I wanted to ask you, you know how the Super Soul is giving direction to even all the animals, okay. you know, or go here, go there, da 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 da. Mm. Mm. But yet, the Atma is
0: one of the qualities of the Atma is it's full of knowledge. Mm. So, why do we need the Super Soul to give instruction if we're already full of knowledge? Mm. That's a good question. Don't start me on the animals in the Paramatma, I forgot all about that. That could have been my class. My famous class for Paramatma is the, is the Gannets in New Zealand. But I won't get there, because they fly, you know, they do these amazing overseas journeys when they're 13 weeks old, I won't go there. But Atma is, uh, Paramatma is in the heart of the, of the animals, and, and that's why we say it's instinct, right? Darwin says it's instinct, but it's Paramatma telling them to make this journey, how they make the journey, and at the end of their lives they go way back, like, six, ten thousand kilometres to exactly the place where they were born, and they go back there and they make they mate some with someone and they have another baby and that baby does the same thing. So it's Paramatma. There's lots of amazing Paramatma stories of animals, but Atma, how about the Atma in this, where we have, the soul is full of knowledge, right? We understand that, that the soul is, is nitya siddha, krishna prema sabhya sab, sab, kabhanoye. The love of Godhead is in the soul, always. So that means that the soul is full of knowledge. but. Um, so why, why do we need Paramatma? If the soul is full of knowledge, why, what's the use of Paramatma? If the Paramatma is there, it's a very good question. Paramatma is there, I'm feeling that the Paramatma is there because the soul has forgotten. What did Kesha Guru say yesterday? Why did Prabhup- Prabhupada was asked when he went to, to London, what have you come here for? I've come here to, to teach you what you've forgotten. What you've forgotten is God you forgot God, you forgot Krishna. So without Paramatma there nudging us and, and pushing us and giving us different types of, of experiences, um, we will forget. And, and we we're not just forget, forgetfulness, but we'll, we won't have any inclination to cultivate our, our constitutional position. We won't have any inclination to cultivate um, our, that real knowledge, to uncover that knowledge. The knowledge is there, but it's got to be uncovered, and that's one of the kind of perennial discussions or tensions in in educational <coughs> psychology. Is is the is the is a student that you come to is that, are they a blank slate or do they have already prior knowledge a priori? Do they have some kind of experience that they're bringing to the to the educational experience to the educational interaction? And so, of course, our take on it as devotees is that. Every every entity that comes, every student that comes to the class has got prior knowledge, has got some prior experience, and is an eternal servant of Krishna. And it's a very different concept if you're working from a Christian science, Scientology platform, from the Christian Science platform, to a Krishna consciousness, because for the Christians, the soul is, is like eternally damned, and it's, the soul is the soul has is um, uh, you know it's. It, it's fall, the soul is fallen, but in, in a way that's disgraced and, and, and it needs to be redeemed. And um, our understanding is that the soul is actually eternally pure, and, and we just have to uncover that, the contamination, to make it come. So that, that knowledge is there, and the, the super soul is, is that consciousness that awakens the knowledge. Like we said about the Virata Rupa, the Virata Rupa it became alive. Only when consciousness enters into it, then shalilat uttishtata, then from the water awakens. So when Paramatma enters into the heart, when we, when we become conscious of Paramatma, enters in, and, and it's right next to that dvikaga, the bird that's right next to us, when we look at the bird, instead of looking that way, we look at the bird, then we wake up. Then we're in this tamasima um, jyotigama gama. Vedic aphorism, famous Vedic aph- aphorism, aphorism, is we go to the light. Don't stay in darkness. Tamasi Ma. Don't stay in darkness. Go for the light. Turn on the lights. That was a famous Australian political slogan in the 1970s. The Gough Whitlam government. Turn on the lights. We've had too many years of this, this liberal government, 25 years of liberal government, useless government. Turn on the lights." And they won the election. Anyway, so we turn on the lights. Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. Prabhu, you had a question? All good? Grantaraja Shimar Bhagavatam ki, Shiva Prabhupada ki. Go, Primanandi. Wow, never given an autograph. Did you do all this? Yeah. One should remember the spring first night ago. This, uh, Paramatma, Prabhupada said Paramatma is Krishna himself, there was there was this brahmana, he kept his deities in the neck, he worshiped the deities, the hungry, Jagannath Mishra's house, Jagannath Mishra knew what it was, the gave him food, Atman Paramatma, two kinds, in Dhamma, uh, what is that, in Dhammada. Yeah. They say that and we want to cover uh, pastimes and here by Krishna, Krishna is all the, all the, what's that? Krishna is a whale. <laughs> Why don't you sign it? What oh, do you think? What's your name? Oh, yeah. it's a great
2: name. I used to learn such good. Language. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What do you remember
0: from that? Signing. Where's your notes? Where's your notes? Um, Is that me? No. It's, it's <laughs> paramount to me. Hi. Right. What does that say? It's what does it say?
2: It's an airline. The airline?
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> Hi. How you, Bill? How are you, man?
2: Oh. No. It's not not Thank you.